Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do what? Let the dogs out. You know what? Who let the dogs out? Who? Who? Off the Hook, airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Well, here we go. It is National Signing Day, and the balls are off and running. No great surprise. The days of signing day surprises are a little bit rare nowadays, not like it used to be, where you go in and maybe have 14, 16 commitments and not know who the other 10 or 12 guys are going to be. But now you have a much better feel of what Tennessee's class is going to be, and it is off and running. So, uh, Caleb Jaro joins us of Off the Hook Sports, and he's been doing a fantastic job of breaking down each volunteer commitment. And I want you to hit that like button because his work has been tremendous, and he's going to give us some great insight on the Vols as it is National Signing Day. Uh, let me let me start with this. Uh, papers can begin being signed at eight o'clock, so we're already pretty deep into this. As uh, the biggest one. Obviously, that Tennessee fans have been obsessed with, and rightly so because of his ranking. Nico Iamaleva is on the board and officially signed. He's already been enrolled, so that's no great surprise. But that's certainly a good way, Caleb, for the Vols to uh, start the uh, signing day as he was one of the first on the board. Yeah, you can't really complain when you sign your top recruit in your class to start off the morning, but Everybody in Tennessee's class is expected to sign today, so they should have at least 24 guys. 
ink their name to be evolved. And I mean, they are rolling in as we speak. So, well, let's go ahead and I'll tell you what, I'll throw some of the names at you and we're going to break them down uh, bit by bit. Ron Slay will join us for a basketball break in the middle of the show. So we're looking forward to that. We'll also keep you up to date with signing day across the country as it's going to be a big day for some SEC teams. And if you're a Tennessee fan, you're probably hoping for a bad day from SEC teams, some of them at least. So go ahead and hit that like button. There could be some surprises. Hit that like button. We greatly appreciate it. And hit share as well because we are off and running exciting to give you some coverage that you're just not going to get anywhere else. So uh, Nico in the house, uh, that was an early one. And then kind of take me through. Uh, the morning, the other one I definitely want to get to is uh, David Hobbs. But Tennessee, by my count right now, and I'm refreshing screens as we speak, uh, has, I believe, well, my screen disappeared. So how many do you have currently signed, Caleb? Uh, I have 10. And then if you want to add, yeah, it should be 10 now because yeah, I think my count's right. So we should have 10 signed already. Which, so, so 10 total of this point, uh, and we're about 21 minutes deep. We're Deion Sanders deep. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Prime time. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and uh, g- give us a rundown of kind of how the morning has played out as they've come piece by piece and fax machine by fax machine. They don't really do that anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. There's other ways. But g- give me the rundown of uh, how they've come in so far. So Caleb Herring got the day started. Most places have him as the number one guy in Tennessee. So when Hypo picked him up, it was a big statement for, you know, he wanted this SEC schools. You have to lock down your borders and get your in-state guys. So getting Caleb Herring on the board early is pretty big. Then David Hobbs picked up, you know, he was a big pickup for the Vols. Some places have him as a five-star, but majority rivals 24-7 composite says he's a four-star. He'll be a big get for Tennessee's defensive line. And then morning continued, Arion Carter out of uh, Smyrna High School in Middle Tennessee. He was a big get. Everybody – he committed recently over – everybody thought he was going to Alabama, really. And then he picked up an orange hat and surprised a lot of people. And then we got the crown jewel of Tennessee's class, Nico Imaleva, committed and signed. Or he was already committed, but he signed the paper. And he was enrolled early, so I didn't – all the um, talk about him flipping or anything like that, he was already – enrolled so i don't really think we talked about this yesterday i don't think once you're on campus you can go anywhere well i can i can tell you you know i i didn't hear any talk of him flipping now there is rumors of a quarterback flipping in the transfer portal that that is out there um and i don't know if that's to tennessee at all now i can tell you this with nico i don't think that was ever a concern with flipping and the rule used to be and i know this from the lane kiffin days is that if you spent the night on campus, you're you're bound. But then the new rule with the transfer portal, and I, I had this question, and I've reached out to some people to find out for sure. Could a guy show up on campus, practice for a while, like a midterm enrollee, and then leave? I don't think so, but I didn't think a lot of things would happen in college football that have changed immensely. So I'm 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 really not sure at this point, but no, n- none of these guys are leaving. I I, I don't I don't mm-hmm. want to imply that whatsoever. Okay, so 
Uh, again, I'm having trouble with my screen uh, coming up and bringing up the, the official list. So, uh, so let's go with the first one of the morning. Who was the first one of the morning? The first one of the morning was Caleb Herring. So, Okay. Let's talk some Caleb Herring uh, for a second. You mentioned his importance. Why was he so important for the Vols to pick up? Well, he's the number one guy in Tennessee. So in this 2023 class, Josh Heupel didn't as much emphasize Tennessee, but in the 24 class and going forward, you can tell by the way he's recruiting and his offers that he wants to keep Tennessee's borders locked down. So picking up a guy like Caleb Herring, you know, the number one player in the state is a big statement for your program. Also, his brother, Elijah Herring, already plays for Tennessee. He was a three-star at a high school. I think he's a freshman linebacker. He might have redshirted. But – just picking up a guy, really, that you're supposed to pick up is a big statement for Heifel. And, I mean, it's only his second year in the program, and he's got a top-10 recruiting class as it stands right now. So you can't really complain about that. Well, and how many times did we see Tennessee not do that with the T. Higgins of the world, the Amari Rogers of the world, guys that went elsewhere because they didn't feel like it was in their best interest to stay at home? So. Now Tennessee is is keeping those guys close to home, so that that is a, a very good sign. And and I've said before, I, I think Chattanooga is improving vastly, but I also think that you have a, a, a Nashville that just continues to explode, and that's going to be tough recruiting there because you have a lot of you you have a lot of cosmopolitan people that have moved in from other places, so they might not have Tennessee ties. So we'll see how much. Uh, success Tennessee continues to have there. I've moved in from other places. So who came in next? Who who was the next one officially as Tennessee released it? And then we, we don't yeah. know who actually paper, but Tennessee is releasing these as we go. David, David Hobbs is the second guy Tennessee released. So he actually is not an early enrollee. So I guess he, he woke up early and faxed his papers in. But he's a guy that will give Tennessee – I think he could give Tennessee an instant boost on the line. He's 6'4", 277. He was a big pickup out of North Carolina. He's ranked the uh, second prospect out of North Carolina, and he's the fourth defensive lineman in the nation. So I think he'll give them an instant boost on the line. Um, He's a four-star, and he's a guy that Georgia really, really was heavy on, but Heifel pushed, and he came to Tennessee. So, Well, and other than Nico, is David Hobbs the top? prospect in your mind as far as I'm not talking about rankings per se but just from the perspective of the guy that Tennessee fans wanted the most I I would think he's second Nico's kind of all all on his own on a a different level but I would think Hobbs is probably second you I I would say Hobbs is probably second on people on guys Tennessee wanted and he's probably second on guys that if you needed a defensive lineman you know week one next season you could throw him out there and let him work because that defensive line, I mean, they were they were they had flashes like Pittsburgh. They played really well, but then you look at games like South Carolina and Spencer Rattler had five seconds in the pocket where he could throw it flat footed. So I think David Hobbs will change that up a little bit, and he could instantly make an impact on that front line. All right. So who came in next? Who we got next? Next we have Arion Carter. So the in-state guy out of Smyrna that just made national headlines when he picked. Tennessee over Alabama and um, Ohio State. 
Okay, so tell I us think, more. So, um, I didn't get to watch practice, but from what I've heard, obviously he since he uh, committed late, he wasn't eligible for the first day of practice. So he had to, he was out there in sweats. But from what I was told, he was watching the drills on the sideline and doing them himself in sweatpants and a hoodie while his teammates were doing them, you know, in helmet and pads. So that's just kind of like shows the type of guy he is, you know. So I think he could also be a guy that has an instant impact. He was the Mr. Football in 6A. And for people who aren't familiar with Tennessee high school football, 6A is a big jump from any other division in the state. And, I mean, he, yep. he led Smyrna's defense. He had led them to the state playoffs. He's 6'1". 215 he runs um something that stood out to me is he runs his 100 meter dash in under 12 seconds as a linebacker so he's got a quick twitch he's flying to the ball i mean he's got football speed no doubt about it let's let's go back to some in-state guys for a second got arian carter coming in just uh about 720 or so and he's from uh, Smyrna High School. So another in-state guy and a guy that he had his options. Uh, he had Tennessee, uh, Alabama, and Ohio State as his finalists. So he was a recent pickup for Tennessee and one that maybe gets a little lost in the shuffle of the season and preparing for the Orange Bowl. But And just just so you know, we, we typically go by the – and we'll use some different references to give you an idea where Tennessee stands total. But to give you an idea, we'll, we'll use the Go Vols 24-7 or the 24-7 sports uh, composite ranking for the most part, just so you know. Um, so we've got the uh, at linebacker, Arian Carter, at six one, 215 pounds, and is a guy that is, um, I think, huge, a monster pickup for for Tennessee, um, especially in the in-state area. And to give you an idea on his uh, ranking, it's a four-star guy. And so this is a late pickup, but a great pickup. I was very surprised that Tennessee pulled this one out. I thought – because, I mean, Nick Saban was visit, had an in-home visit with Carter, and Alabama had Carter's last official visit. So I thought maybe it was just recency bias, but I definitely thought he was going to be going to the Crimson Tide. So when he put on an orange hat, I was surprised. And it really just shows, like, Heifel's recruiting prowess. Like, he goes in and makes relationships with these kids, and he tells them straight up, like, hey, if you come to Tennessee, your role is going to be this, this, and this. And as long as you do the right things, you'll have success. So it really just shows – because I feel like one of the questions when Heifel came to Tennessee was, you know, he's coming from UCF, was can he recruit at an SEC level? And we're in year two, and he has a top ten class as it stands, and he's picking up – he picked up the top two guys in Tennessee, and he's getting – he recruited out of Georgia very well, and he got David Hobbs, like we said already. He was the top guy out of North Carolina. So he's obviously not struggling to recruit talent. Now it's just a matter of what does he do with the talent when he gets here. Yep, absolutely. So after Arian Carter, shortly after that, look who comes in, and please hit that like button. We want to hear your comments too. So throw your comments in there, your thoughts on the class as it uh, really starts to take off as Tennessee already in double digits in terms of commitment. So you have Arian Carter, who we mentioned, and then after that, shortly, it was Jack Luttrell of Colquitt County High School in Moultrie, Georgia. He was announced as an official signee just at about 7.30 this morning. What are your thoughts on Luttrell? Six foot, 187 pounds, a safety, a three-star guy, but you do dip into Georgia, which is important recruiting grounds. 
Yes, like I said earlier, I mean, Heifel had no trouble going into Georgia and getting some of these guys. And so I don't think it's a – I don't think anybody can question that Tennessee's secondary was by far their weakest unit this season and probably cost them the South Carolina game and maybe a couple other guys. But, I mean, in 2022, he picked up 103 tackles, eight pass breakups, and an interception, which he returned for six. And my biggest thing with Latrell is – not necessarily his on-field play, but anytime he was on the sideline, he was always actively helping his teammates and leading his teammates. So for a team that had, you know, rumored locker room trouble, I think picking up a guy like Latrell where you know he's going to buy in and not give you locker room issues it goes a long way. And I also like that he transferred his senior year to a 6A Georgia high school from a smaller school because he wanted to show that he could compete on that bigger level. So he's not afraid of competition. Tennessee needs secondary help, and he'll be a good locker room guy. So I'm looking forward to see what he can do. He's 6'1", 187, so I'm sure he could probably put on, you know, 13 pounds. So I'm curious to see what he can do. He's out of Colquitt County uh, High School in Georgia. He was the number uh, 94 prospect out of Georgia. And so I, I don't think that's a knock on him at all because Georgia has so much talent. I mean, it's insane. We talk about local guys, and one very talented school is just down the road, and that's Catholic, uh, Catholic High School brings in Trevor Duncan and uh, Trevor Duncan is, is a guy, again, uh, a local guy. We've talked about local guys, but he had offers to Vanderbilt, Virginia tech. And I think that uh, again, uh, winning the Catholic battles has been something that Tennessee has struggled with, but they're able to do so with Trevor Duncan. He has rolled in at about seven forty. Yeah. So, Trevor Duncan, you know, Cooper Mays attended a Catholic as well, and he had nothing but praise for Trevor Duncan. He described how wiry he was, and I think he'll he'll probably end up – a lot of places list him as an offensive tackle, but he played most of his high school career on the defensive side, and with all of the offensive linemen Tennessee's been picking up, I wouldn't be surprised if they put Duncan on the defensive side and let him fill some holes and stop the run. But, I mean, he's a guy six, five, six foot five, 277 pounds out of Catholic. He had a great career over there. You know, Catholic's a very good program. He had a sat, and this season the, he dealt with a he dealt with a foot injury for most of the year. So you can't really take much from his stats this season. I think he only played seven games full speed, and even in those games, he probably wasn't one hundred percent health. But this year, he recorded twenty four tackles, a tackle for loss, and a sack, and he also had a forced fumble that he recovered. So Catholic is always playing good competition, and he's a guy that. Even before his foot injury, you know, he was starting as a freshman on the defensive line. So, obviously, they saw something in him he liked. And as if Catholics have something in a guy that they like, then I think he's pretty good. Yep. Please hit that like button and feel free to share. We want to hear your comments. What do you think of the class so far? Amanda LaFrada jumps in with us. And uh, Amanda, obviously, National Signing Day is a big deal. A lot of guys enrolled, so you don't see quite as much activity on the actual day of but we're seeing uh, a ton of activity uh early early and what used to drag on until six or seven o'clock at night national signing day can be done for a lot of schools before launch yeah <clears throat> i think that's um i don't know if it has necessarily to do with the nil or and good morning how are you sorry good morning i'm doing well dave how are you um i don't know i don't know what it has to do with but the more you know, we're seeing today is that we're jumping on board at, at very early, early uh, sign. And I don't, I'm not exactly sure why, but 
it's it seems like you know 10 years ago it was five o'clock six o'clock people are waiting still waiting for big names and now they're just coming out the woodwork at the very beginning so yeah they're coming really quickly um it's been a trend kind of over the past few years but to have all of your class signed i joke before lunch but it's more like brunch um is pretty phenomenal and i i think a good job by Tennessee's recruiters, there will, there are other schools right now and people covering other schools that are asking the question, uh, what happened to this guy? What happened to that guy? So you want to be able to hold on to what you've got. And Tennessee has been able to do that. You haven't seen a lot of flips. I mean, I, I can't recall us talking about a major flip in the past couple of months. Can you guys? Or- for Tennessee or just around the country? Against, against Tennessee. A Tennessee commit that went somewhere else. No, I don't I don't see a lot well, of Well you have you have Sylvester Smith, the safety who took the secret visit to Auburn and then he was I mean, you can't really blame the kid. He grew up in Alabama. He was an Auburn fan, just Hugh or Brian Harson never wanted him. So he visited Hugh Freeze, you know, this late in the class and just trying to get whoever he can. So he told him to come on down and he decommitted from Tennessee, I think. Friday night or Saturday night, and then he was committed to Auburn the next morning. So that's probably the only flip that we've seen. Yep. Okay, so where are we at this point? And, Amanda, if you can, some uh, check around for some other SEC news. I know that Alabama is going to sign a, a monster running back class. I'm curious what Florida does, too, because – the feelings are not good at Florida right now from some people I talked to, and that could show up on signing day. I'm also curious as to what uh, LSU does, because I, I think that that is a program that people are finally saying, Brian Kelly has a better resume than Billy Napier. I mean, and Amanda, I still go back to the summer at SEC Media Days. And you know what I'm going to say? Everybody just loved Billy Napier. I'm like, Brian Kelly has the most wins of any coach at Notre Dame ever. <laughs> That's So I want to see what – those are my three schools I'm most interested in. So if you want to bounce around and get some SEC news, we'll continue to uh, run down what Tennessee has going. Please hit that like and subscribe button, and you just let me know uh, when, when you got something you want to jump in there on, Amanda. And, okay, so that gets us to approximately uh, – we're shortly before 8 o'clock right now where Tennessee picks up Nathan Robinson. Not a lot of talk out of Greenbrier, Tennessee High School, but Nathan Robinson is a three-star guy, one of those base guys that you're going to have to develop on the defensive line, 6'5", 272. Now, I can tell you one thing right now, Caleb, he's probably going to be ruled off of a lot of boards because he is a he's his size at 272. So... That, though, for Tennessee is perfect. They like the light defensive line. What do you think of his commitment? Well, I, I I think Caleb Calhoun hit the nail on the head. He thought that they told Jordan Phillips to hit the road for Nathan Robinson. I mean, my thing is you get in guys like this, like a Nathan Robinson or even some of their lighter offensive linemen, and you can't teach a guy to be 6'5 with arms down to his knees. But what you can do is you can put, you know, 10, 20 pounds on a guy. So I don't mind the fact – he was the number 16 prospect in Tennessee. I don't mind the fact that they're getting guys that are lighter, that maybe they can add weight to if they want to, or maybe even move him to, like, defensive end and make him an edge rusher. But 
I think he he can do good for Tennessee, and they Tennessee will develop their guys. I know I sent you a thing that they pump them full of what was it like peanut butter or something, but I think was, they'll. Uh, I don't think, I think gaining weight. Their guys. I mean, gaining weight is a problem for some, but I don't think once they go on a regular yeah. diet and you have plenty of food to eat. Now, you, you do have situations like Jabari Small where he said, um, you know, he, he, he got to the point where he hated eating uh, because he had to eat so much. There are some guys. For the most part, I don't think that's um, going to be an issue. So, all right, so where are we now? Um, as we continue to break down the class, National Signing Day is now. Love it that you're a part of it. Go ahead and hit the thumbs up button. I greatly appreciate that. It helps us get to more people. Mark says free agents. Yeah, there's some of that, but there's still some of the nostalgia of National Signing Day. I think that a guy's dream did come true by going to Tennessee. Most of these guys we talked to are not making $8 million for coming to Tennessee, right? Okay, I think we can all agree with that. So there's still some nice nostalgia to it. CJ says it seems unlikely, but do you see us picking up a recruit? That's a surprise. That's what everybody always wants to hear um i hear a rumor that there's a quarterback and and caleb you you did too that there's a quarterback out there that's going to do a signing day flip uh sharp motor company that's the same thing uh i just i hear that rumor that there's going to be a quarterback flip that rumor is pervasive i know tennessee needs a quarterback at least i think they do i wrote a column that uh, Tennessee can be just fine with the player development uh, prowess that uh, Josh Heifel has shown to this point. I just, at, at this point, Caleb, I, I don't think it's a Tennessee flip, but could it be? I don't know. We'll see. Um, John says that may happen more in February. Certainly could. Um, it, it, it certainly could, but I don't see a Tennessee flip. I think there will be a big quarterback surprise and you always have to, if you're, I don't know if he's signed yet. Maybe you can, you can check. Um, if Drake may of North Carolina decides to take upwards of $5 million to transfer. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't but, know about all that. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, if, if you want to base it off what, Nico reportedly got that's a steal. I mean, he's a proven guy in college. Um, all right, so Cameron Selden was the first one after eight o'clock. Uh, oh, I skipped Nathan Leacock, uh, of Raleigh. So, uh, uh, Leacock is a guy who's six three and a half, 195 pounds, wide receiver, four star. I shouldn't forget him. He's a guy that could come in, and we've seen it before. Guys with very little experience uh, come in in Josh Heupel's system. We saw it this year with Jalen Hyde, who admitted that he didn't have a good offseason the year before. We, we saw it with Scroll White. We saw it last year with Bayless Jones. We've seen it over and over. Guys can come in in this system. So don't be surprised if Nathan uh, Leacock, if he's ready physically, makes some plays this year. What else can you tell us about Nathan Leacock? The thing that <clears throat> jumps out the page at you most is he's this big body, like T Higgins, like receiver, you know, you just said he's six, three and a half, almost 200 pounds. And he runs a sub 1100 meter dash. So he's a guy that you can put on the field day one and he'll give you something. I mean, he's got size already. It's just a matter of getting everything else. And like I said earlier, like 
you can teach a guy how to play football. It's the problem is you can't teach them how to be tall and be built like a football player. So this guy's going to come in and he's going to have a football player build. I mean, um, Brian Don of 24-7 Sports said he, he wins he, – every time he watched him, he won every 50-50 ball. And the only thing would be he has to improve his route running, which, like I said, that's something that you can teach. But he's quick off the line. He's big. He wins his 50-50 balls. He's a guy that if you have Joe Milton under center, you know, and you want to throw it deep, he's got a sub-1100 meter dash and he's big. So if you manage to overthrow him, then more power to you, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think he was such a highly rated prospect and early in the process that he got, he got lost a little bit. John says four, four speed. Um, I, I, I think the numbers that come out of high school are usually either really high or too low. So John, I'd rather see what he does, um, when he actually gets on campus and when they actually timing. And I mean, nowadays they use the, the little, Thing that they put in your shoulder pads that tells you how many miles an hour you're running so i wonder if one day a 4-4 time or a 4-whatever time a 40 time might be a little bit out the door so i want to see him i really like his size as well too um so all right let's keep going so just after eight o'clock what do we have come in as i pull up my running list as a frantic uh signing day continues Cameron Selden, four-star, Northumberland High School in Heathville, Virginia, a top 50 prospect. Uh, We talked about the guy that uh, Tennessee wanted most other than Nico. I'm certainly not saying that it's David Hobbs, but I felt like that was the case from Tennessee fans because of the way his recruitment played out. But Selden has to be right up there. Wide receiver, six foot one. He is thick, 220 pounds, four-star. What can you tell us about Cameron Selden? So Cameron Selden was the number one recruit out of Virginia, and he's also the only recruit Tennessee got out of Virginia. So I guess Josh Heifel decided to go for the best, and he left with one. So he's another guy that's a sub-1100 meters, and according to 24-7 Sports, it's a verified result. So he ran a 10-7-4, 100-meter, and at 220 pounds, 6-1, I don't think there's much to complain about there. And he's a guy, he's another one, he's got the size to be a linebacker, but he's running with the ball and he's shifty. And I've also heard that he might give Tennessee some utility, maybe like a Debo Samuel type where he can line up in the backfield or do like a jet sweep thing. But he's another one where if Tennessee doesn't pick up, you know, maybe Deshaun Bishop later or if a running back goes down hurt, they can throw Cameron Selden in the backfield and tell him to run the ball up the middle. He could probably have success. So he won the state championship for the 100-meter dash in Virginia. And he, and he gave his high school a lot of utility as well. He had snaps at cornerback, receiver, safety, kicker, punt returner. So he played everything. And this season he finished with um, 18 receptions for 365 yards, 45 attempts rushing for 550 yards, and 11 touchdowns. So he's a guy that will be a playmaker and that Tennessee could probably throw anywhere on the field and he'll get the job done. Amanda is working just – uh, hard behind the scenes to find this quarterback. And she thinks she may have found it and it would affect an SEC team, but we don't think Tennessee. So we're going to, we're going to continue to look at that. Joe said, I really want to see him play. He's really exciting and electric kind of been compared to like a Debo Samuel. Hey, didn't Caleb just say something like that? 
Pretty good call. Joe says, great minds think alike there. I agree with that. Uh, Nick says, I'm going to the Orange Bowl. Go Vols. All right. Have a good time. You'll enjoy it. I can, t- I can tell you this surprisingly being in Miami last week. The pizza is tremendous. Much better than the Cuban sandwiches. Nick, I'll just pass that along to you. I don't know why. And Spanish as a second language would not hurt you. I will tell you that as well. <laughs> because it seems like the first language in Miami, but a great area. I think a great bowl game that Tennessee uh, fans should celebrate and, and really appreciate because they've been through uh, a lot over the past few years. And that's a, that's an affirmation bowl game to me. All right. Shandavian Bradley, uh, Platte County high school in Platte city, Missouri assigned with Tennessee. Bradley is a top two, four, seven prospect. He's been committed to the balls since July. And if, if you look at him, uh, an edge rusher, uh, six foot four and a half or so, 209. So he needs to put on some weight. But he is a four star prospect. And if he can rush the passer like his ranking would indicate, then that's a fantastic pickup by Tennessee. Yeah. And you talk about him putting on some weight. I think for SEC football, he probably should. But in high school, a lot of what he did was he was more of a speed guy. So he'd stand up on the edge and basically beat his offensive lineman to the point. So Heupel kind of went back to his old stomping grounds in Missouri. He was the uh, third number out of Missouri, picked him up. Like I said, Tennessee could use any help on the defensive line that it can get. He's long, athletic. He was a basketball guy first, but went to football. So he's long, lengthy. He rushed, like I said, mostly standing up, but – he could put his hand in the grass, I'm sure, put on 10, 15 pounds, and they can get him rushing the quarterback like that as well. Let's bring and, in Amanda. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Caleb. No, I was going to say uh, 24-7 compares him to Greg Russo for the Bills, and they note that as a high school senior, Russo was 222, and then when he was in the dra- whenever he got drafted, he was 260, and he had completely transformed from being just a speed guy to mixing speed with a bull rush. So I could see um, – I can see him doing the same thing. Interesting. Amanda has the news on that quarterback that we've been referring to that we're waiting confirmation on. Uh, National Signing Day coverage brought to you in part by Andy Mason, realestate.com, Andy Mason, realestate.com. Don't find yourself in a situation where you cost yourself thousands or tens of thousands of dollars. Andy Mason, realestate.com has two business principles, best service, and he also has the absolute best prices. Andy Mason, real estate.com, a master in Knoxville of real estate. Amanda, the quarterback flip is? Uh, it's actually, at the moment, no one. Um, there were a lot of rumors about Arch Manning going to flipping to Georgia or possibly to Tennessee. Those are a lot of rumors circulating. And according to SI.com, Arch Manning has signed his letter officially with the Texas Longhorns. So he will be going to Texas, and the rumor mill will have to shut down after after that about Arch Manning. Of course, nowadays he could probably transfer in two days. But, (laughs) boy, how that doesn't seem like a Manning move to me. That, you know, I think there are a lot of, issues that people have with the Manning family in some ways, but to me, they seem like a loyal group. That would not have been the one when I heard the rumor yesterday that I would have put at the top of the list. Probably wouldn't have been in the top 10, to be real honest with you. No, there, there is one who is 
I mean, it doesn't affect the SEC, though. It's a quarterback um, flip from um, Baylor to Oregon. That's that's one four-star quarterback, Austin Novosad. Novosad? I don't know how to pronounce his name. But, I mean, it's not big for, for the SEC. There is a four-star quarterback that flipped a couple of days ago from Ole Miss to Texas A&M along with a four-star tight end that flipped from Stanford to Texas A&M. So Texas A&M coming in hot at the very last minute for a couple of these guys. Seems like what they did last year. Well, you would think there's a lot of playing time to be had at Texas A&M. Didn't work out well for them last year. (laughs) I don't don't know who your coach is going to be in 2024. Yeah, we'll uh, say that's enough for me. (laughs) But there's playing time to be had. All right, Amanda, you want to continue to bounce around the SEC while we run down this list? Yes, I can. You're the bestest. All right, John's saying good to see some transfers practicing with the team, too. Totally agree. Look forward to uh, hearing some of what Josh Heupel has to say about this class, but also want to hear what he has to say about, you know, Nico being a part of this team now. Uh, so that should be very interesting. Um, uh, do, 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 uh, Joe saying the Manning family just doesn't have enough exposure. LOL. Yeah, it's exactly right. Uh, John saying 20% of the players practicing now can't play incoming players. John, I'm not exactly following what you're saying there. I don't know if you mean the bowl game or just aren't up to speed. So give me some clarification on that. And I would greatly appreciate it. And if you could do me a favor of hitting the like button and share, we would greatly appreciate that. Amanda will be tweeting updates as we get them and continue to join us. And we'll uh, be with you. Ron Slay will join us at nine o'clock. Oh, the bowl game. Yeah, that's correct. So my understanding is they can't play for uh, play in the bowl game. I don't think you would want them to. I don't think you'd want to run Nico or anybody else out there with just a week of practice. I mean, this is still college football. And John, no need to be sorry. Just hit that like button. I greatly appreciate it. All right, so who else? No, we got I rolling? do think – oh, sorry. I was going to say, I do think some of the transfers are eligible immediately, so they could, in theory, play in the bowl game, I think. But it's one of those things where, like, I don't know if you really want to throw them out there just yet. I mean, they, but between practice now and bowl practice, I think it's only 10 real practice days. So I don't think you want to throw a new guy out there and just – Put him to the wind. Fair. Um, offensive lineman Aiden Bustle out of Mount Juliet, uh, Tennessee. Uh, he has signed with uh, Tennessee, according to the University of Tennessee. He was actually their first in-state commitment, I believe, way back in January. So had offers from Vanderbilt to Kentucky. Nobody's going to get excited about a three-star offensive lineman on National Signing Day. I understand that. But I will tell you this, this is the kind of guy that you, you like, you find early. He already has SEC offers. More SEC offers may have been coming, Caleb, but in a lot of ways we'll never know. Why? Because you have Josh Heupel, who did a good job of evaluating him early in the process and giving him that scholarship. So I don't overlook these guys just because they might not have as many stars or play the sexiest position. I, I think – you know, I, I, there there are a lot of guys over the years that you can build programs around that are three star in state guys um, that I think can can have an impact. What more can you tell us about that young man from Mount Julia? Well, he's you know six 
287. He's got he's a big guy. He was a monster from Mount Juliet in Tennessee. And it's another guy that Heifel went after and he got from Tennessee. You know, a lot of in-state kids, if they grow up Tennessee fans and, you know, Heifel comes calling and wants them to play, they, there's no reason for them to entertain other offers because you grow up wearing orange and white. And I think he was one of those kids that did that. And he got a um, – he picked up an offer and he committed. They're really, He's a guy that was, was really cut and dry. Like, he picked up an offer, you know, he committed, and then he took all his visits to Tennessee. He went to camps in Tennessee while he was committed. He went to spring game, spring practice. He visited a bunch of games this season. Alex Golish and Glenn Ellerby would go visit him every once in a while. So there really was never any controversy with where his heart lied, lied and where he was going. A couple of offensive linemen that are so important in addition to Bustle, uh, Larry Johnson the third and Bison Lang, who we talked a lot about. He was a commitment just about three weeks ago, I believe. So Tennessee at this point uh, has one, two, three, three offensive linemen in the house, which is going to be a position of need to some extent this year. But really, when you look to the 2024 season, they would like to have a pretty much rebuilt offensive line. I mean, they're going to lose a lot from that. They lose Darnell Wright this year. But especially headed into 2024, you want to be talking about Larry Johnson the third, Bison Lang, and Aiden Bustle being ready and being at least contributors, if not starters, correct? Yeah, and I think after this season, Jerome Carvin's on his way out too. So you'll probably have correct. two holes on that line. And Larry Johnson the third is a guy from Hutchinson Community College in Hutchinson, Kansas. He's 6'6", 340 pounds. And he's a guy that you could probably stick on the line He's, I think he's eligible immediately the way it works. And I w- if you could stick him on the line, he could probably stand up to Clemson guy. He's a big, strong guy. He did, uh, Tennessee offered him, and he committed to the Vols four days later. Like, there was no question where he wanted to go. And he is somebody who can have an instant impact on this offense. And I really – the way – I mean, you have uh, offensive tackle coming from the portal. You have three who have signed already today. And you have another guy who's announcing at 630, Donnie Cornelius – who is announcing between, I think, Tennessee, Ohio State, and a couple of other schools. So Heifel is picking up offensive linemen because with the off- that up-tempo offense you run, you need depth on that offensive line. And I think having too many offensive linemen is not a problem that can exist. Uh, no, completely agree. If you, if you say you have 10, you take 11. If you say you have 12, yeah. you take 13. Uh, completely agree with that. Hit that like button as we'll have – Signing day coverage throughout the morning. Ron Slay is going to join us to talk some Tennessee basketball shortly. And I want to go back to Amanda LaPrada, who's keeping an eye on the SEC and the, more of a national scope. Is If you haven't had a chance to read it, go to offthehooksports.com. And Caleb has done a fantastic job of five things to know about every prospect. So um, things that you might not know about a lot of these guys. It's been a fantastic series, so check it out at offthooksports.com. Amanda, what's shaking in the conference? I mean, I think everyone knows about Alabama's um, or Iowa's commit flipping to Alabama yesterday or the day before. Caden Proctor, a five-star um, offensive lineman, flips to Alabama. There's a lot of There's a lot of rumors going around, not a lot of real real-time flips at the moment just rumors well and that's that's been typical for about a decade it used to be a lot of flips a lot of late decisions but we have seen guys typically make earlier decisions stick with their decisions i don't ever want to say recruiting's easy 
but it's gotten easier in some ways for coaches in that you don't see as much flipping. Uh, I don't know exactly why that is, but all it takes is one major flip. And we, we mentioned Arch Manning. There were rumors that he could flip to Georgia. He did not flip. If that happens, that is a, that is the news of the day. Correct. Guys. Yes. There's no, I mean, that, that would be the absolute news of the day nationally. And I'm not just saying that because he's a Manning, his last name could be Smith. But when you're the top prospect, according to some services, and you go from one soon to be SEC team to another, especially Georgia, who's playing for a national title again, um, that 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 would have been the, the biggest news. All right. So a lot going on as Ron Slay is going to join us. We always look forward to that. And I tell you what, Guardian Investment Group, GIAplantoday.com is phenomenal you go to them and here's what you get to take advantage of the fact that we all have video conferencing now so go to giaplantoday.com and get nationwide respected financial advice from those that not only will tell you where is the best place to put your money but why they want you to understand it too that is pretty key and pretty cool hang with me for two minutes what was it like when Ron Slay signed. I'm curious. And also his thoughts on the balls. We'll talk some basketball balls as well. We'll continue to keep you on top of recruits as they come in. Before I break, do we have any uh, recently, Caleb, in the past couple of minutes? The so most recent yes. would be uh, – Say yes, and I'll take no, it forward. Oh, yeah. Yes. After this, Tennessee's next commitment back in two minutes has risen to the highest level in over 40 years, according to the April 2022 U.S. Inflation Calculator. Will your investments provide you the income you need in retirement? Are you losing purchasing power of your savings due to inflation? Simply stated, if the cost of goods and services are 8% higher and you're only earning 4% in your investments, that money buys you less of what you need. Right now is the time to act. Call Guardian Investment Advisors today. Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. This is Al's Dish Barbecue Supply, so come on in. See all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus a complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed. We have plenty of help, so you can produce the best barbecue in a maze for family and friends. Barbecue is America's food, and we'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Nest Barbecue, but Chattanooga goes to grill. Got cataracts? We can fix that. 
Never miss another moment. With a little help from Doctors Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Welcome back. Biles Automotive Group on Callahan Drive is your center for the best car purchasing and service that you can possibly find in Knoxville. It's all right there at Biles Automotive Group on Callahan. We're covering National Signing Day, and it is off and running. Biles Automotive Group is uh, just fantastic. They want, they need, and they appreciate your business, and they believe in servicing the customer, so you know that that service that you get or that car you buy is uh, going to be a fantastic investment for you and you're going to get a fair price on it. So Ron Slay will join us here very shortly. Caleb Calhoun of Off the Hook Sports is with us. Uh, Caleb Jaro is with us. Amanda LaFrada is keeping an eye on the SEC as it is National Signing Day. And uh, Caleb, any early, Caleb Calhoun, I'm sorry, any early thoughts as we want people to hit that like button because we're going to be with you for another hour at least covering National Signing Day. Uh, Calhoun, do you uh, any any shocks, stuns, surprises, awe moments from this morning? It seems to be falling in place for Tennessee. No, yeah, nothing. Um, everything's been totally normal um, tracking it. This is kind of, it's, um, we were joking yesterday, just as a reporter, it's, you wonder how you feel about how the, the changes have, because there's, it seems like there's a lot more hecticness going on on the early signing period now on signing day, but there's less major news stories at the same time because everything that really almost all the major stories happen throughout the course of the recruiting season um and you're right there's a lot fewer flips um it just doesn't seem like there's what happened with alabama and the iowa kid yesterday just doesn't seem like it's it's as common anymore um no i agree and um you know amanda if you if you look at the the SEC, I would be surprised if there are more than, and I'm include. I'm starting to get to the point where I'm including Texas and Oklahoma, okay, because we're talking about that kind of future. I'd be surprised if there's more than 10 major flips. You named off three or four, but 10 significant flips of guys that are four-star or higher, I don't think we'll see that on, on National Signing Day. I mean, I think – <clears throat> where we're trending and seeing that is Texas A&M um, flipping, flipping guys. And I think we all know the reason for that. Well, and give us an update on that. For those that maybe are just tuning in, please hit that like button. Uh, Texas A&M has all kinds of issues going on in College Station, as they usually do. And yes, they do. Be sure to hit that like button. We want to hear your thoughts um, on the message board as well. So share what prospect you're most excited uh, to see suit up in orange, Amanda. Uh, am I talking about the Texas A&M right now or? Okay. You know, just it. making sure you said something about seeing an orange. Okay. So four star uh, QB Marcel Reed flips from Ole Miss to Texas A&M um, two, I think two days ago. And then you have a four star tight end Jaden Platt who flips from Stanford to Texas A&M today. So Texas A&M going out and trying to get other people's four star recruits. So. Hide your kids, hide your wife, hide your husbands. Are we thinking this is just a payment thing? Is it as simple as that? I believe it is. I mean, I believe that Texas A&M and the and we've we've seen the NIL 
cause issues at A&M already. I mean, we've seen on, on screen, you know, a, a worker for Texas A&M saying, hey, this is who's going to pay your, your NIL money. So, I mean, the rumors about Texas A&M and paying players to, to go there, I think really hits home when you see a lot of these big, you know, four-star recruits flip last minute just to go. You guys know Jimbo Fisher is we, we it's 3D chess. You guys don't understand. Remember earlier in the year when he said that losing can be a good thing for recruiting because you can get top-notch recruits now because players want to come to you for playing time. This is all a strategy, guys. A brilliant strategy by Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> exactly what doing. Well, let me go back to uh, Jaro for a second and. What announcement times do we have? There are some guys that still play the old, um, I want to wait and sign my papers later in the day. So what announcement times do we know of as as they continue to come in? So Deshaun Bishop, a three-star running back out of uh, Orange High School in Knoxville, he's expected to announce between App State and Tennessee at about 2 o'clock today. So that'll be one to watch. I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes a ball. He's a hometown kid. He picked up over 8,000 yards in his career at Carnes, back-to-back Mr. Footballs in Tennessee's 5A. So he's a guy to watch today. And then um, – you, you, you broke up just a little bit on his name just to make sure everybody heard it. What was that? Oh, sorry. Yeah, Deshaun Bishop, uh, three-star okay. running back at Carnes. And then another guy to watch today will be uh, Johnny Cornelius. He's, um, he's a transfer from Rhode Island, an offensive tackle. He's announcing tonight at 6.30. He's 6'5", 3'10". Um, I think UT is in a good spot to get him, but they're up there with Ohio State and some pretty big guys. And he's a guy that at high school, you know, he's a Northeastern football player, so he's not really getting a lot of attention up there. And so he went to Rhode Island for a couple of years, did very good, went in the portal, and now he was one of the most recruited offensive tackles out of the portal. So he's announcing at 6.30. He could become could go to Tennessee, but with the guys they've picked up recently, offensive linemen from the transfer portal like Andre Carrick, and then obviously they have a deep offensive lineman class. I don't know if he necessarily wants to come to Tennessee as much anymore because I could see like him thinking that Tennessee gave up his spot maybe to like an Andre Carrick who transferred in before him. So that'll be an interesting one to watch and see if Tennessee can win out that recruiting battle. Um. As far as the quarterback flip, and then I want to get to tight end. Mark had a comment on that. Um, well, let me let me. As far as the quarterback flip, guys, let me just poll you. Do you think Tennessee picks up a transfer portal quarterback today? Uh, yay or nay? Because I've I said a month ago that they should, but now I'm of the ilk that I don't think they prioritize that. They feel good about Joe Milton. And they'll move on. So we got to get to Ron Slay. Let me get everybody's thoughts on that real quick. I mean, I don't know if they'll pick up a. I think that they'll stick with Joe Milton. I don't know if they'll pick up a transfer um, quarterback, but I do know that a former Wisconsin quarterback, Graham Mertz, is reportedly going to the Gators. Oh, big pickup yeah. in Florida. Yes, that just broke. So just wanted to throw that out there. Maybe they have their collective together finally. All right, guys. So uh, your thoughts, Calhoun, Jaro, does Tennessee pick up a transfer portal quarterback? And if you were them, would you have made that a priority? I will say I don't think they do. And I think that Tennessee, uh, that is 
um, that should have been a priority, but I don't think Josh Heifel sees it that way. I think he's fine with Joe Milton. What do you guys think before we get to Ron Slay and talk some hoops? I'm, I'm exactly where you are. Uh, they should have made it a priority. They didn't. And I'm not saying that's why Jalen Hyatt didn't leave for the NFL, but. But he's writing that. You can check that out on yes. Austin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really- I, uh, I, I agree. I think in the world of transfer, you look at Joe Milton. A season ago, we said he overthrew too much, and that's why he got sat. sat. He had accuracy issues, right? He'll get better over the offseason. We have a whole offseason. We see him come out against um, South Carolina at the end of the game in Vanderbilt, and he still is showing accuracy issues and overthrowing receivers. So insanity is the definition of doing the same thing over and over and getting the same result. So why do you think this offseason with Joe Milton – you're going to get a different result than the offseason before and the offseason before that. So I think they should have went and get a quarterback who they could stick in the offense tomorrow to play, but I don't think they will. They obviously didn't make it a priority. They want to get offensive linemen, and and they're going after some wide receivers. Once the first of the year rolls around, I think we'll see them attack some defensive back portal. But right now it just looks like offensive linemen and wide receivers are what Apple wants out of the portal. Jaro, hang tight. I'm going to slide you off the screen so I can bring in Ron Slay. It could be just mass calamity if I brought five people in at once on this screen. I don't know how that works. My computer could just explode, Ron. That would be trouble. <laughs> I think that would be good. That would be great going into the holidays. I think just a big old explosion. <laughs> Amanda would love that. Amanda, she said it's about time for an explosion. Thrilled. <laughs> The, the explosion the explosion is National Signing Day today, and I'm curious. We talked to you. Be sure and hit that like button because Ron joins us every Wednesday, and we love that. Uh, you had talked about in your recruitment that Tennessee didn't show you some love at one point. You kind of had to be re-recruited. Um, so all that's good recruiting stories, but I'm just curious what it was like for you as a young man, either 17 or 18 years old, to actually sit down there and sign that piece of paper and know that your college was paid for? Because we've lost some of that in this day and age of NIL. But that's a special moment. And most of these young men that we're talking about today are not $8 million men. They are, you know, they're they're guys that are getting their their school paid for. And that's cool to me. Yeah, I I think, man, that's the, the luster of it all with social media and things of that nature. You kind of lost a little bit of that. Um, I, I will say I was looking forward to the hoopla and everything because the year before while I was at Pro Cone, I got to see John Henderson, John Henderson signing day. Um, and his was a little bit different. <laughs> I didn't I didn't quite understand, like, man, what's so different about John? And what's why mine ain't gonna be like that, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't that's kind of unless you know like the bubble and without social media and reading Street and Smiths and everything, magazines waiting on that to come out, not really knowing who I was around. Like, I knew John was the truth, but I didn't know he was like that. You know, USA Today and everybody coming. I thought that was natural. I thought that that's, like, this is what's supposed to happen on Saturday. Day. So when I got up to Oak Hill, man, uh, they actually, and us being as prestigious as we were at the time, being 31-0, national championship, um, they pulled us out of class, me, Steve Blake, and Travis Watson, um, signing of Virginia, Maryland, and Tennessee. Set us at the table, a couple balloons. <laughs> Miss Smith, Coach Smith's wife, said one, two, three, took a picture, 
We acted like we were signing, and they sent us right back to class. So I was like, "Hey, man, this ain't really what this ain't really what I saw. <laughs> I envisioned going down. You know what I'm I saying? Had, I had in school wrestling tapes <laughs> that lasted longer than that. I, it was so quick. I was like, "Oh, this ain't it, man." But um, I, I will say though, man, it, it was it's nothing like it. Knowing that you know you're about to get school paid for, and you know. Um, I think sometimes you, it gets overshadowed because of everything around you moving so fast. You kind of take it for granted, like what just this this moment really means. You know what I'm saying? So it was it was big time, man. It was, it was big time. Hit that like button if you haven't subscribed yet. You need to do it. We have Ron on each and every Wednesday, and it's brought to you by Zach England, a best in Brock, a personal injury attorney in the Chattanooga area that can go toe to toe with a. Strongest, best attorneys that the insurance companies can hire. Zach England of Beth and Brock. Zach's got your back. Ron, what was what was it like when when you told your mom that it was, or your parents or your family that it that school was going to be paid for? That wasn't necessarily signing day, but still, that that had to be cool. Man, they already knew. <laughs> like a parent, like this was this was it coming coming into it. I remember my ninth or tenth grade year. That was the conversation. Um, hey, man. I hope you're getting a scholarship because we can't pay for no college. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, and that's the funny thing about that, man, is I grew up on a college campus. You know what I'm saying? Up there at Tennessee State, um, sneaking in the Vanderbilt. So I was comfortable in college settings. Um, my mom was coaching, so I would travel with her all the time. Like, it seemed like the norm, you know? So it was automatically like, okay, you, you go to college, you that's what happens after high school. How I'm getting there, I have no earthly idea, you know. Um, but um, and then the, the talent kind of took over. But it was always understood that man, you get you get a scholarship. You know, you're you've been gifted um, with an athletic ability, and shoot, you use that and as a vehicle to get all the way up there. And then you look around and you kind of this is my thing. What I tell kids now, you got to surround yourself with people with like minds, you know, because if you don't, then it's easy to be like, man, I, I, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I'm, I'm going to go to auto mechanic school. There ain't nothing wrong with none of that. But if you're around athletes all the time that are pushing, like I'm around guys that were going to school, you know, and I was always the baby of the group, group the baby of the group with a class ahead of me with Big John Henderson, Maurice Fitzgerald, and all those guys going to Tennessee. So that fit right into uh, the way I grew up, you know, looking at colleges. And then it was like, man, my, my boys left. Oh, they're going, they going to college. That's that's the next step. It ain't no get out of high school, get a GED, go to school. I mean, go to um, go get a job or none of that. It was this is what you're supposed to do. You go to college and then whatever you got going on in college, you figure out what the next step is. But you're going to school. So that was that was it was real cool, man. And it was always understood. Good stuff. I know Calhoun wants to turn it to basketball and that's what we want to do. I, I thought ask, that's what we were talking about. We're, we're getting right to basketball. <laughs> um, last thing I was I was going to ask you one more thing about signing day, and mm. that is just your thoughts. Should Tennessee bring in a, a transfer portal quarterback, or are you confident in Joe Milton the third, Esquire the second, captain? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, man, I look at it like this. Um, you have to show – this is a, a delicate situation – um, because if you go and snatch one now, um, what are you showing as far as loyalty to what you have to Joe Milton and what kind of conversation goes forth when you got guys like Nico coming in or 
somebody else you're recruiting for the 24 class, you know what I'm saying? And they come in, they talk to Joe Milton because your best sales pitch is your players. So if it were to go right now before going into the bowl game, you go sign a quarterback. It's like, I understand the competition for sure, but I've waited my spot. I waited my time. You know what I'm saying? I've done it the right way. You know what I mean? If you talk about a model citizen of the program, it would be Joe Milton, regardless of what he does on the field. You know what I'm saying? So if you had to sacrifice a game or a couple of a month of practice to kind of massage that situation, I think you do that. You know, when, when the bowl games are over, if you reassess things and go into the spring, like you got so many different windows when you can go get one now. And these guys are coming in kind of game ready and system ready because you will go get somebody to fit your system. Apparently, I mean, uh, uh, of course, but that's the thing. You know, what I mean, you gotta you gotta pay a little bit of loyalty forward in order to get what you need to receive on the back end. That's that's great insight. Great insight, um, Calhoun. Um, yeah, I am going to ask a basketball question, but sorry, I just had to point out because we talked about Ron's recruitment. That was an era like. Oh my gosh, of some great Tennessee recruits because you have Tony Harris in 97, yeah. Vincent Yarborough in 98, you and Marcus Hazlip in 99. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. man, that was a loaded time. It was crazy. It, <laughs> <laughs> it was um, crazy, man. <laughs> uh, talking Tennessee basketball a little bit, you know, it seems like the mood is a little odd for me. I, I, it seems like there is a lot more negativity about losing by five points to a top 10 team on the road. <laughs> Which there's really nothing to be that upset about. And, I mean, if you listen to Rick Barnes talk in the postgame, you would have thought that Tennessee lost at home to Appalachian State. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would have. And I, I think people, they forget, man, because sometimes you don't watch what's going on on the West Coast. Arizona, to me, is the most complete team in college outside of Houston, Um Gonzaga has problems with athletic teams, so I don't want to throw them in there. But Houston, man, is one that comes to mind that is that that's a problem. Arkansas, before getting hurt outside of them just having young guys, but if you just put potential on the floor, they were a complete team. But I think they're selling Arizona short. <laughs> that's that's what I think. I mean, this, this team is really, really good. Like, how many times do you go and you have the two – well, you might as well say seven-footers, even though the, the four-man um, – Tabulus, or however you say his name, the lefty um, at the fours, he might as well be seven foot. But you got two guys you can put on the block, slow the game down, pound it inside. Or you got guys like Kerr that can push the pace and get guys involved. Like, it's a different type of game, man. So to, to be able to adapt to that and go out there in Arizona, in a hot box, like we talked about last week, <laughs> that atmosphere was crazy, first and foremost. Like, it's – it's equivalent to what you want TBA to be all the time. And that's, that's, and I mean, it's a smaller gym, but that's what you want it to be. So I think people are selling it short, man. They, they went out there and competed. I, I'm okay with it because if you take the, um, the officiating away, you know, and some of those calls that I think, and I'm not blaming on the refs by no means. I think, um, that's the easy scapegoat every time officials and, and, and coaches, but, I think they went out there and competed. I think they didn't take they didn't take the moment and run with it. You know, you had plenty of opportunities in that game where Arizona left the door open for you to run away with it, where you do something dumb or give a couple of turnovers. Um, but that's that's all part of growing. And it's early in the season. This is what you want. I promise you this will pay off later on. That's exactly where I was going. And 
if, if you look at pre-conference schedule, uh, because it's it's about to get rolling um, mm-hmm. after Austin P tonight. So if you look at pre-conference schedule, is there any goal that you think Rick Barnes wanted to achieve with his roster that maybe he fell slightly short of heading into the conference schedule? Um, yeah, I think test the young guys. Um, I, I think that was one. Um, really be able to put Mayshack out there to see how he really does in competition, um, especially on the road or neutral site games. I think he got to find that out. Phillips was able to grow really quickly. I think the only thing missing was being able to see the continuity with Josiah and being able to move him around in different spots and play him along with Tyreek Key and kind of see how they mesh because I think they are two cogs, man, that's, that's really going to be important for this team moving forward, regardless of if Phillips is playing. If you got Key, Josiah, Vescovy, and Zakai on the floor, and you plug in a Euro, say, do um, Olivier, whoever it is at the five, that's a, that's a tough group. That's a tough group when you got guys that can knock down shots. So I don't think he got to tinker with that as much. Outside of that, though, I think he got everything he was looking for as far as styles of play, um, different different type of defenses that he was going to throw at people and see how they react. Um, being able to fight out of holes of games, um, and dig yourself back into a game, be able to play with a lead, um, and then finish it off going down the stretch. So I think he got everything that he was looking for outside of being able to see different different units if he were able to go small. I think other than that, you know what it looks like with a big lineup. He had to play with a big lineup, so that that's okay. Um. That that's yeah, that's pretty much it on that one. Breaking here real quick, uh Shamarad Yumarov has signed his papers are in the six foot six, three hundred and thirty-seven pounder from Alpharetta, Georgia. Caleb. Yeah, he was already enrolled, so it, I I'm still waiting on the day someone's enrolled and takes part in practices and then flips. At least. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're too far away from that day, man. We may see that soon. Yeah. <laughs> um Ron, I wanted to talk a, bit, a little bit about um, Barnes, um, some of his criticisms of Ross Blaschik over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I understand you don't like the technicals, and I understand. But I always feel like that's kind of something that comes with every basketball team needs kind of an enforcer. You know this. You were a bit of enforcer yeah. at times. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think of like, you know, the you know I was a Grizzly fan, and, you know, Zach Randolph was an enforcer for Marc Gasol a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And um Draymond Green is that for Golden State I just I feel like you need that on a basketball team even if there's some technicals that come with it yeah you gotta have that you gotta have that I just think um the the point I think coach Barnes is trying to make it's okay to have that and okay to do that when it affects if if it affects your impact individually it's okay because we can we can pull you out you know what I'm saying to put somebody else in there we're gonna be okay and we need that we can use you as a spark um, he stepped into the realm where he can no longer be a spark. So when you start to affect the team with what you got going on, then it's, it becomes a problem. You know what I'm saying? Because if you take him and you put him in that game and he is able to play throughout the game without being put in and out in that Arizona game, it makes, it makes a big difference. You know, you need a guy like him down there banging with Big Ballo and guys like that, you know, so – and he was having a good game, so it, I, I think I had to go through. I had to go through that my freshman and sophomore year, and you got to understand what your role is on the team. You know, I can go out there and talk trash, and you know, what I mean, um, be a spark, and because I know without me um, playing long stretches, the team is going to be okay. You know what I'm saying? 
Um, but when I stepped into going into my junior year, um, before tearing my ACL, it was a bit different. I had to pick my spots. My senior year was totally different. Um, I had to conserve a little bit more energy and pick my spots where I was talking. So I couldn't hurt us as a team by me doing the antics that I would do as a freshman and sophomore, knowing if I come out, all hell may break loose. Like, <laughs> look, this computer might really blow up right now because what we did in the past. But it's 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 something that you got to be able to walk a fine line with and knowing that. So when I saw it happen, when he turned, he really didn't say anything. And that's the funny part of it. So that is his defense going to the bench. Coach, I didn't say anything. But you you jumped in the man's face, man, and stared him at like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't do that. You know what I mean? Especially on the road. You may get away with it at home. And that's another thing. Like, I started to know after my sophomore year um, going into the season, John Clockerty pulled me aside and told me how you got to you gotta deal with referees and uh, the way you're perceived and um, if you're showing them up, especially on the road. So that was a tidbit that I, I never really um, told anyone. But he always told me before the games, and I had a lot of respect for him and his son, man, to kind of – how to massage those situations with referees. And that's why I started coming out, shaking the coach's hand. So when you notice my junior year, and I started shaking the coach's hands and stuff before jump balls, now it's looked as, oh, man, dude, respect the game. So anything he's doing out here, it's just all passion. It's passionate. Like, dude, man, this man really wants to win and everything. When I'm shaking his hands, like, hey, man, this is, <laughs> ain't no sign of respect after the game, regardless how I go, go shake their hand again so they'll see – and that's all perceived one way, you know what I mean, through their lens. And that's what you got to be able to do. So Euros needs somebody that um, has walked that walk to um, be able to talk to him about that. Maybe got to reach out. Like my number's open. That is great. <laughs> that is fantastic stuff. I, from the year-to-year thing, did you have to figure that out on your own? Or was that, oh. is that a conversation with coaches or how, how you would, you know, how – I want antics isn't the right word, Ron, but yeah. how in your face you would be. Did you discuss that year to year or is that something you figured out? No, nah, I just kind of figured it out on my own. I, I think um, I, thought, I thought so. Yeah. <laughs> my freshman year, I was just, I was rambunctious anyway. Like I, I didn't, I didn't care what anybody said. Like you got to imagine, man, we, we had a team that was nine to 10 deep and everybody was going to play. So my minutes were going to be limited anyway. It was regardless 12 to 15 minutes a game. Um, and I'm going out there knowing that. So, what what's what's going to happen? Like, what's the worst that can happen? I, I don't. I can file out. We're going to be okay. We're that talented. Well, we're going to be okay. Sophomore year was the same. Um, and then going in my junior year when everybody left, that's when you had to kind of be like, oh, you know what I mean. So, I, I will say one thing, man. I got to give Vincent Yarbrough and Dale Baker credit. They always talk, especially after Isaiah Victor left. Isaiah was my that was my wing man. He took me under his wing. Um, and then after he left, Dale Baker would always be able to say something to me. Coach Grant would be able to say something to me as well at the end of the bench. It's only a couple people I was listening to, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But those were guys, man. I remember my sophomore to junior year, me and Vince and Dale went out to um, Oakland to work out. And, man, we used to stay up late nights, work out three times a day, stay up late nights talking about the things that we needed to do that junior year. So that kind of shifted my mindset, and I went automatically from um, just having fun in college to, man, I we were switching on to like a pro mentality. You know what I'm saying? So it was it was crazy how that junior year felt and um, kind of fell. You know what I'm saying? With Slip being 
ineligible early, then me having a stress fracture, then all of us finally getting together three or four games, um, to me having the ACL. Like it, it, it was wild how that how that season went, man. But going into the season, mentally and and physically, we were we were we were sharper than we could ever be. Ron's appearance every Wednesday brought to you by Zach England of Best and Brock, the best personal injury attorney in the Chattanooga area. He can go toe to toe with those attorneys that the insurance companies hires, and uh, man, he'll get you your money, and that's important. Zach England of Best and Brock, Ron. Have a fantastic day, sir. And if 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 you notice that you might be quoted in a, a column here later today on offthehooksports.com, that it was because the great insight about the Milton thing. I, you you really, I, you don't want to lose the team chemistry that you have by bringing in a right. guy, especially that. I just thought that was great stuff. So yeah. uh, as always, buddy, we appreciate your time. Have a blessed Wednesday, and I. If I don't talk to you, I'll probably end up texting you because I text a lot of people on Christmas morning. <laughs> um, but have a very Merry Christmas, and we're blessed to have you a part of this program. Oh, good. Appreciate you guys. Happy holidays, all the listeners and everything, man. Y'all enjoy. Thank you, sir. Everyone, Ron. Right. Ron Clay is absolutely fantastic. Brought to you by Zach England of Best of Rock. Caleb Jaro, tell us, do we have another big commitment coming up? <clears throat> For Tennessee, I don't know, but Georgia picked up. Uh, Not a commitment. Daniel Harris. Uh, we have a couple more signees, but I want to – you wanted to keep an eye on the SEC. Georgia picked up four-star cornerback Daniel Harris, who um, – he was a top 45 player according to On3 in the 2023 class, and he adds to Georgia's defensive back core that kind of kept Tennessee locked down this season. So, I don't think they'll be going anywhere anytime soon. We have to work uh, with uh, Gyro on this teasing thing. Amanda, we have big news coming up, don't we? Yes, we do. Huge news. In two minutes. And look at my eyes. I can see. It's awesome. I had LASIK. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Han, and they do a fantastic job because they're local and they care about you. They care about the Knoxville community. Other places, they just fly doctors in from wherever. But Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Han has some equity in the community and they want to make sure that everything goes great i'm not wearing contacts i can see close far it's awesome more in two minutes signing day continues amanda has big news caleb has big news caleb has big news caleb now there's just two big news after this two minutes sun sand and salt water the beach is a very relaxing place unless you wear contacts ow Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Hey folks, Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. 
With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct service station here in Ottawa. It's not a fancy place, never has been, but it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here. We sell gas, fix cars, nothing glamorous, but we love what we do, and we're going to keep doing it for a long time to come. There's not many real service stations left, and that's a shame. We're the guys just like the guys back in your hometown. We'll fix your tire, change your oil, and put a new set of Michelins on your car. If you want a Twinkie, you'll just have to keep on going. Thanks for the business. research have you done your research we're working like heck today's tough question what's the real debate you sipping my soup guadalupe exclusively on off the hook sports with dave hooker and amanda lafrada you drinking my sake kimosabi oh my god all righty amanda how do you want to phrase this as we cover national signing day we've got a new signee in there so hit that like button share we greatly appreciate that and we're going to get to the latest signing and some SEC recruiting news as National Signing Day is all across the nation. By the way, Arch Manning did not sign with Georgia. He signed with Texas. That was the big rumor that was floating around last night. So, Amanda LaFrada, help me, if you will, phrase this. And I want to ask Tennessee fan, fans, will you be disappointed Tennessee doesn't sign a transfer portal quarterback today, but good at doing different levels of that. So that's essentially what I'm shooting for. And while you're phrasing that, let me go to uh, Caleb Jaro. So, Caleb, what do you have for us in terms of uh, recent signees that have, have come uh, down the down the digital path? I've got uh, Christian Conyer. I signed his uh, national letter of intent, uh, three-star cornerback. Got any else hot off the presses? Uh, Jordan Matthews out of uh, Louisiana signed. And then about 30 seconds ago, John Slaughter inked his national letter of intent. So that's the most recent for Tennessee. Okay. Let's break down those guys. Um, first, Amanda, how do we want to phrase today's tough question today? All right. Will you be disappointed if Tennessee doesn't sign a QB from the transfer portal today? Um, choice one, no, we don't need one. Not really for choice two. Choice three is a little bit. And choice four is definitely we're dying. Okay. Love it. Post that up there. I'll retweet it. Uh, you can always go to my Twitter feed as well. My DMs are open. If you have any questions, we're going to start a mailbag on uh, weekly. So your thoughts are more than welcome there on my Twitter feed. The Dave Hooker, and I'm not pretentious, and I didn't put the Dave Hooker. It was the Dave Hooker show. And so there's another Dave Hooker in England who actually is a soccer official. So that is <laughs> the British Dave Hooker. So I try to talk him out of it, and he wants to keep Dave Hooker. So that's understandable. Um, Caleb, John Slaughter. Tell me something I don't know about John Slaughter. Oof, John Slaughter. I want to start 
let's see. My the he basically should be considered an in-state guy because he lives on the Mississippi side of Memphis. So he's about 10, 15 minutes from Tennessee, but he's considered a Mississippi about, about prospect. A big, he's about a big green bridge from Tennessee. Basically. No, not the bridge. He doesn't go across the bridge? No, Mississippi is directly south of Memphis. You don't go across the bridge to get to no, Mississippi. No, you don't go across. That's Arkansas. Yeah, okay, you're right. Sorry about that. Geography. Memphis native. Caleb Calhoun is I just moved states around. Uh, That's the first time driver in Memphis accidentally drove across that bridge one time. (laughs) I did that too. I did that too. I was in Arkansas and just had to do a big UE. All right, Jairo, so tell us about John Slaughter. Yeah, so he's a 6'1 and a half foot, 195 pound safety. And like I've said before, you know, I don't think Tennessee can complain with any safety they pick up. But he's a three-star out of Mississippi. He led uh, South Haven High School to the Mississippi State playoffs consistently. He was also picked, even though he barely lives in Mississippi, he was part of the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game, which means I'm, means he's going to be playing against, you know, Alabama prospects from Alabama and Mississippi State Ole Miss guys. So he's not afraid of competition. And I'm curious to see um, how he'll do in that game. I think it comes up in a week or two. So that'll be something to mention too. But I think he's a good pickup. I don't think Tennessee can complain with any safety they pick up at this point as long as they have uh, two feet and can see where the football's going. Yeah, that's a key. Um, yeah. I got I got breaking news right now. Breaking SEC, or I don't know if it's SEC. Well, it's, breaking... it's kind of SEC. Um, it's kind of SEC. It's more NFL. Ryan Tannehill is injured. His status for this weekend is uncertain. The Titans have signed quarterback Josh Dobbs. Oh, look at that. Josh Dobbs to the Titans. So just so that means, throwing that out that there. That means Jarrett Garantano and Josh Dobbs are both active quarterbacks this weekend. And for the record, Malik Willis is horrendously bad. So don't, like, count out Josh Dobbs' chance let's, of playing. Let's look at Dobbs and uh, Garantano mm-hmm. for a second. Those guys are having extended – Careers in the NFL, underutilized at Tennessee. Anybody want to make that argument? Not Dobbs. Well, Dobbs you look was, at. Oh. I mean, Alvin Kamara, I would say, was underutilized at Tennessee as well. So, I mean, you can just add him to the list. He went get, from being I, barely barely used at Tennessee to one of the top running backs in the NFL. So, Calhoun, I guess basically, I'm looking at it from a performance standpoint. Uh, you're right. Dobbs was a standout player. There's no question about that. Just, you know, those are two quarterbacks that are having success in the NFL that you didn't have a lot of team success with. Correct. Um, there's been a lot of quarterbacks in history that didn't have a lot of team success in college that were did well in the NFL. Um, I would say that Dobbs, but yeah, Dobbs, like statistically in 2016, until Hinton Hooker came along, 2016 was the second best season for any Tennessee football quarterback ever to Peyton Manning's 97 season. Um, I would say Garantano. I Jim, I I, I have thoughts about Jim Chaney that I I can't really go into. They're not like negative thoughts. I just don't think Jim Chaney was the type of offensive coordinator. That's a good coordinator. If you're not loaded with talent and Tennessee was not loaded with talent those two years he was there. And so that's fair. I mean, he wasn't very innovative. There wasn't a lot yeah. of crazy, unique things going on. Um, so, yeah, I I just look at team success, I guess, overall. Um, but 
I, I compare it to a time when, when Tennessee was at a high level, and we'll see what these guys are able to do. I don't think that either of those guys would be put in a Hendon Hooker category. Let's put it that way. I think Hendon Hooker overachieved. I don't think either of those guys overachieved. Would you argue that? Dobbs was a three-star. I might say he did overachieve. Okay. I mean, look, if we're going to – I'm going to say something blasphemous because he's a legend. If we're going to put Condrich Holloway in that category as a legend for Tennessee when Tennessee went like seven and three and eight and four two of the years he was quarterback there, like we got to be fair and put Josh Dobbs in, in, in the category. Right. That That's fair. Um, I think there are two things with Condridge. Obviously, he was a trailblazer because he was African-American and he was the first SEC quarterback to be African-American. And the other thing is he was shortchanged by the pros because he wasn't big enough or African-American, whichever the case may be, and he had to go to the CFL. So I think that's what makes his story maybe a little richer. As well. Also, he delayed Tennessee's inevitable slide like Dobbs did with Butch. Condridge saved Bill Battle for about three more years. Yeah, nothing like a good Bill Battle reference. You can't get enough of those. Late 70s. I mean, Bill Battle, he's something special. Amanda, what else is cracking in the in the SEC? You seeing anything out there big time? Um, five-star safety DB slash DB. Tony Mitchell has um, signed his letter of intent with Alabama. That's the last thing I'm seeing right now. So, so the big news of the day, again, we mentioned it. Um, we thought there could be a chance that Arch Manning might uh, flip to Georgia. At least that was a rumor. It doesn't appear as if that's going to be the case. Right now, if you go by ESPN's rankings, and we usually use 24-7, I want to take a look at them both. Uh, Alabama comes in at number one uh, heading into the day, so we'll see if that slides at all. Uh, Tennessee, let's say everything holds, okay, which – and it may not, but it tends to do these days as opposed to previously. Was sitting at number nine coming into the day, according to the 247 sports rankings, which is the composite rankings, which we typically use on offensports.com. Um, you had Alabama at number one, Georgia number two, Miami at number three, Texas number four, LSU five, Notre Dame at six, Ohio State at seven, Oklahoma at eight and Tennessee at nine, followed by Clemson at number 10. You don't think that Orange Bowl is important because it's not a part of the college football playoff? It is. There will be a young man, I guarantee you. It might not be this class, but it'll be 2023 or 2024 that will watch that game. And somewhere in his brain, there will be a tendency to lean towards one school if they both come calling for him. I can guarantee you that will be the case. So, um, guys, uh, signing day rolls on, and uh, Josh Heupel will uh, talk to the media later this afternoon. No coach has ever gone to the press conference, Amanda, and said, man, that really stunk. That signing day just blew up right in our face. How terrible was that? So he's going to say it's great, but I want to go round robin before we get to message board bingo. Just and this day in sports history, I want to get your thoughts, Amanda, on this signing day. If everything plays out, which we, we think it will, and a lot of it already has, um, is is this a win for the balls, even without a transfer portal quarterback? Yeah, I think it's a win for the balls. I would I would have rather seen them get a transfer portal quarterback. <clears throat> I understand what Ron Slay was saying about how, you know, it, it doesn't show a lot of confidence in your backup. Well, the problem is with Joe Milton is 
there's not a lot to be that confident about. I mean, if we're being honest, there's not a lot to be that confident about. And if, if this is the day and time of NIL and transfer portal and all that stuff, then I feel like as a quarterback, you should be able to handle a little competition if it comes your way. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. Um, Calhoun, let's uh, go to you. A five-star in Nico, and then Tennessee has another four-star in Caleb Herring, uh, Nathan Leacock from North Carolina, Arian Carter, which was kind of a late pickup, Jordan Matthews, another four-star, Shamarad Umarov, a four-star, uh, Ricky Gibson, a four-star, who's kind of flown a little bit under the radar. I don't think his paperwork's in yet, Jairo, if you can check that. Jalen Smith, a four-star, Nathan Robinson, uh, is not a four-star, but you're looking at Tennessee as one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, four stars and a five-star. Is this a win for the balls on December the 21st? I think it's a huge win. And I think people keep forgetting that Josh Heupel was w- working on this class. Most of the time he was working on this class, he had one seven and six season and Tennessee was still under investigation by the NCAA. Um, and he got a top 10 class and he addressed key needs. We know the whole offense is dictated by the quarterback. If you have the right quarterback, you can really mix in plays, players elsewhere. And he got a quarterback. And seems like probably the crown jewel of the class, as Ja Rupp pointed out. Um, and on top of that, he addressed some key needs. Elite linebackers all over. And Tennessee was very, very thin at linebacker. So, yeah, I think it was a huge one. Yep. I agree. Do we, do we see John Slaughter and Ricky Gibson have, have officially signed? I didn't see Gibson. Gibson signed. Gibson has signed, and so has um, <clears throat> so has John Slaughter. I, I knew about Slaughter. I didn't know about Gibson. What can you tell us about uh, Gibson, Jairo? Let me start with you or end with you. Is this a win for the balls, December 21st, 2022? I, I do not think you can complain at all with the class – Josh Heifel put together. It's a very defensive-heavy class. He established with this class that if he wants a recruit in Tennessee, he'll get that guy. So I think just looking at those two things, it's a win. And also something that hasn't really been talked about a lot is with this class, everybody is signing today. So you'll know what you have by, you know, probably 8 o'clock tonight. And the transfer portal doesn't close until January 18th. So you have the whole month of January. Once the bowl game's end and everybody knows their fate, you'll have that whole month to pick up like, hey, maybe we didn't get a lineman we wanted or maybe this guy enrolled early and he's not what we thought. Let's go pick up another guy out of the transfer portal. So you still have that coming. So even if you are disappointed in this class, it's not done yet. And I feel like once all the dust settles with coaching carousel and everything that's going on right now, there will be some guys that are still looking for a home that Josh Heifel can get. Any chance in reference to Ron Slay's comments about you could affect team chemistry – or you could have him transfer. Any chance that you have Josh Heupel playing um, sly here, that he could pick up a quarterback later in the process by design, Amanda? Maybe he doesn't want to do it on December the 21st because it could affect team chemistry. You've got till January, as Caleb pointed out, January the 18th. Any chance he's playing sly here? I mean, if he if he's playing sly, then he's breaking NCAA rules. I think, I think that he just if you're if you're playing sly, then you're talking to uh you know uh somebody else who's not in the transfer portal yet at a different school. 
Because if you're going to go, if someone is in the transfer portal and they're going to sign, they're going to sign as soon as possible. They're not just going to be out there just waving around. I mean, they're going to go somewhere. So I don't think he's playing sly is what I'm getting at. I think that if there was a quarterback in the transfer portal that he wanted, he would go ahead and jump on it. He didn't seem like the salesman kind of person to me. I would agree with that. I think that's a great point. Calhoun? Yeah, that I get what Slay is saying about team chemistry. I I, I, I don't think it has – I don't think when you're going for – I don't think he's playing Sly, but I also don't think that it would affect team chemistry if he were going for another quarterback because I think all players, most players – should understand that's the nature of competition and playing football is that, you know, coaches are going to try to upgrade their talent. The only time I think it affects team chemistry, here's a bit of a history reference because we've been talking about this for two weeks. So I have to bring it up. Dave, remember in 2006 when Brent Schaefer couldn't even academically qualify for Ole Miss yet. And Ed Orgeron's like, he's the starter. No matter what, I don't care what any quarterback does in practice. He's the starter. And I think if I were a player at Ole Miss, I'd have quit on Ed Orgeron in a heartbeat for that. To name a guy the starter before he couldn't even get into your school, it was just that was just embarrassing. But outside of that, I don't think it affects team chemistry too much. Well, I don't think he's playing slot. And part of the reason I don't is I don't see a quarterback out there that would fit the mold that has one year left. You're not going to go out and pay Drake May $5 million on January the 10th to get him because he's got two years of eligibility well probably actually he's got three um but he's only going to play two because he's that good so i don't think he's playing slide gyro i i just don't think they're going to take a guy and i don't think they're going to take a transfer portal quarterback unless unless it happens today i agree with you i think he's not playing slide intentionally so maybe if a quarterback enters like let's say january 2nd that he likes he might go after that guy, which wouldn't be – he's not intentionally – I guess he'd be intentionally waiting because the um, portal doesn't really have quarterback that I guess he would want. I feel like at the quarterback position with the offense Josh Heupel has, you have Joe Milton and you have Nico and you have Taven Jackson sitting there ready. So unless the perfect guy comes down the pipeline, I don't think he's going to get a quarterback. I don't think he'll settle – on a guy that he doesn't see as the perfect fit because he really doesn't need to. Like we, I would like to see a transfer portal quarterback come in because it assures us that we'll not have overthrown footballs for the whole season next year. But in, I feel like unless Josh Heifel sees that perfect fit, we won't have a, we won't have a quarterback. It's brutal. It's brutal. <laughs> Your fellow classmate. Smoky Mountain Red said, wasn't Brent also talking about Brent Schaefer, the first true freshman to start at Tennessee? Yes, he was. That was the season opener. He was not the first uh, Tennessee football player to take a baseball bat to one of his classmates. I, he did that? I knew he had issues. I did not know. <laughs> yeah, I just said he wasn't the first. So. Well, Albert Hainsworth brought a pole. I don't know if he brought a baseball bat. That is one of my greatest memories in, in the history of life. <laughs> Wait, you were there when it happened? I was right there. I'll gladly tell you about it. Uh, Zul Beer, I love telling that story. I've told it a hundred times. Brought it up with Albert. That didn't go over well. Zulbeer.com, xulbeer.com, and Zul Beer is fantastic. We're going to have an event there very shortly, probably around the bowl game. We're looking forward to that. Uh, Zulbeer.com is a great place to go for merch. But what I need to tell you is they're downtown and they've got parking and they've got 
Worldwide award-winning craft beer. They are absolutely fantastic. And the beer is incredible. And they've got parking downtown, which doesn't happen. Now, Don did bring up a great point. Be sure and hit that like button, guys. We appreciate it. If you haven't subscribed yet, do that. Don said, if you bring in a portal quarterback, Taven Jackson may feel pushed into the portal. That is something I haven't brought up that I think is a very good point. Now, the other thing that I brought up, guys, and it's on a column on offthooksports.com, is you're quickly divvying up practice snaps. If you brought in a transfer portal quarterback, how do you handle tra- how do you handle practice snaps in the spring? You got a guy named Nico that you're going to have to give some to, right? You got a guy named Joe Milton you're going to have to get ready. And you have a guy in Taven Jackson that I think they really like. And now, now you have four quarterbacks. I'm just telling you, the, just the logistics of doing that is very difficult for them to get quality first-team snaps. I mean, you're looking at hoping to get, what, 20 to 25 first-on-first, ones-on-ones, snaps a day. That's- you can't you can't please everybody though. That's the thing. You don't need four quarterbacks in there. You I mean you really don't. Uh, you know, Nico should You're just saying um, you need a better one, right? Just a better one. <laughs> I mean, a bunch of mediocre ones does not make a good quarterback, and that doesn't mean you have a good quarterback room. You just have mediocre quarterbacks because you don't have one solid one. Now we know Nico's gonna be good. That's not an issue, but Nico, I think will understand. He seems like a team player that he has to sit for a year or that it's preferable for him to sit for a year. Cause he's like a buck 75. So I think he would understand that. But if you bring in a transfer, you know, a quarterback out of the transfer portal and you shouldn't have to divide the reps up evenly between the four or do any of that kind of stuff. Nico should just know where he's going and if he has to sit for a year, that's fine. You have a, if you have a quarterback that's ready to start. I don't think Joe Milton's that guy. I don't think Taven Jackson is that guy. I think your guy is out there somewhere, but it's not anybody on this team. And if they feel forced to transfer, let him go. You got Nico. Why do you need him? Fair. Did anybody hear the rumor that uh, Nico's father said that he didn't want him to play his freshman year? Because that – that was posted on one of the columns that we wrote. Let me go ahead and tell you right now, all bets are off in August. If if Nico Iamaleva is the best quarterback and he knows it and the coaching staff knows it, and dad can have a conversation with either and he's going to be the starter. I mean, that, that's a simple fact. And uh, Caleb Jairo has uh, breaking news. What do you got for me, Caleb? So the mother of five-star cornerback Cormani McLean tweeted that he will not be signing with Miami today. And he's the, he's the number one cornerback in the class of 2023. So, and he's been committed to Miami for a while now. So the reason this is important is I was going to say it earlier, and then I thought about it again, but Tennessee sits at nine in the recruiting rankings right now. Well, Steve Wiltfong of 24-7 Sports is usually pretty correct with his predictions. Had McLean going, had McLean going to Florida, so that would make Florida's first five-star prospect in this class, and could very well push them up ahead of Tennessee and maybe drop Tennessee to ten. Another thing I'm seeing on Twitter is a lot of guys are saying McLean might end up in the crimson and white in Tuscaloosa. So it, I have a feeling this guy will probably end up in the SEC. If he's if his mother is correct and that he's not signing with Miami. All right. 
Jaru, would that be enough to drop Miami below the Vols, though? So would it be? I mean, it doesn't matter. You'd rather be behind. Oh, that is a. Yeah, you'd rather. I don't. Miami is three, and they have three five-star commits. So yeah, looking at it right now, uh, the way a lot of these classes are structured, like Tennessee's class, Tennessee could probably pick up a five-star prospect today, and their class wouldn't move very much, just because they have twenty-four guys, and it's kind of almost just the way the averages work. It's kind of set in stone. So I would say the same thing with Miami. If Miami loses or with Miami losing McLean, they might drop below Texas or maybe even LSU, but I don't think they drop far enough for Tennessee to jump ahead of them, just because uh, the classes are 23, 24 guys that are all averaged out together. Now, I, I will say this. I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but you're talking about a top 10 class, which usually averages out to about top four or five in the SEC, especially with Texas and Oklahoma coming into the mix. So if we're having this conversation two years from now, or even maybe next year, that they're right in line with a top 10 class and they stand now at nine, that's probably not good enough. You're going to have to be in the top five to compete with the Alabamas and Georgias of the world. And I'm not knocking the 2022 season. A lot went right for the balls. I mean, for goodness sake, that field goal against Alabama barely cleared the crossbar by foot. A lot went right for the balls as far as health, as far as a lot of things. But I think to be really foundationally sound, you're going to have to start pulling in some of these top five classes. Does that happen next year or the year after? I'm not sure. If you're yes, if you're if you want to include Oklahoma and Texas as SEC teams, which they will be here in a couple of years, Tennessee's class as it stands right now would be sixth in the SEC and then ninth in the country. So that's I mean you're right, like. You can unless you're pulling top five classes, Tennessee might be able to compete on a national stage against, you know, Clemson, but it doesn't matter if they're losing recruiting battles to Georgia and Alabama every year because that's who you're playing against. John says and hit that like button. I would settle with a tenth ranked class. Look how much this coaching staff uh, coached up what we had this year. Totally agree, John. But you shouldn't have to settle. Get the top five class and coach them up as well then you're even better. I mean, I think that's what Kirby Smart is doing right now in Georgia. I think that's what Nick Saban has done for, I think, about 50 years um, at Alabama. Um, so have them both. All right, let's get to this day in sports history because it's uh, an absolutely fantastic one. This day in sports history is now, and it's brought to you by our friends at Guardian Investment Advisors, GIAPlanToday.com. This day in sports history. Putting things in perspective, exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker. You're so old. When you were a kid, rainbows were black and white. And Amanda LaFrada. You kids on the block just called. They wanted you as a backup dancer. December the 21st, 2012, Tennessee's basketball team defeated Western Carolina 66-52 in Knoxville in the team's eighth matchup. UT leads the series at that point. Seven to one. Jordan McRae led the balls with 14 points, four rebounds, three assists, and two steals. That's this day in Tennessee sports history. I want to keep the bet going. Because this day in sports history, December 21st, 1992, the Dallas Cowboys beat the Atlanta Falcons 41 to 17. Anybody have any idea why that matters? Anytime the Dirty Birds lose, it's a good win. It's a good day. 
Amen to that. But more important, <laughs> anybody with any idea. I mean, that was the Cowboys' first Super Bowl run, and Dion played for Atlanta, but that's all I can think of at the time, right now. Well, that was the first date of a young Dave Hooker and a young Shanda Sharp 30 years ago today. <laughs> oh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, I was smart enough to find the place that um, served alcohol to underage people, and that made me much better looking. Okay, that sounds, don't say the word underage like when you're talking about dating. That sounds. Oh, <laughs> I, was, no, no, no. I was 21, she was 20. Okay. Oh, I mean, under 21. And, and Jairo, you didn't hear any of this. No, I was 21. <laughs> no, not, no, it was actually 19 and 18, to be honest with you. Quarters right there on 17th Street across the street from Clement Hall. They went out of business after about 10 years and didn't check one ID the entire time. <laughs> so, yes, the Dallas Cowboys were victorious, and that was the first Super Bowl run and uh, quite a year to remember, as I still think of football fiscal years. All right, great job. Check us out, offthosewords.com. Throughout the day, we'll have updates. And John said she still said yes after the beer goggles wore off. That That is the shocking part, actually, when you think about it. Is that a couple of days later, she called me back. Uh, Smoky Mountain Red said, wonder why they went out of business. It was the wild, wild early 90s. All right, have a fantastic day, everyone. Um, for Amanda LaFrada, Caleb Calhoun, Caleb Jaro, I'm Dave Hooker. Offthehooksports.com will be with you uh, very, very soon. But we're taking a couple of days off for the holidays. I want to wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. We've been beyond blessed this year, and you're a big part of the reason. So thank you. Hit the like and subscribe button. Tell a friend, and that'll be a Christmas present to us. We'd greatly appreciate it. And uh, thank you guys so much for your contributions, and uh, it's been quite a ride. And I can tell that Calhoun's dog needs to go outside. So have a fantastic day. <laughs> this is a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.